Hey guys, so today I want to talk about two things. First, I want to answer some questions that people had on one of my recent articles that I published about uh, how to find the 10x winners in crypto. Basically, I wrote about a framework that I use to find uh, you know, new and promising projects and uh, make investment decisions. So a lot of people had questions on that and I, I'm, I'm going to go through some of them, okay? And then I'm going to also talk about some macro update. Well, it's not really that much of an update, but you know, FOMC had a meeting uh, last weekend that caused some market turbulence. So I wanna talk about that as well. But let's first look at this um, um, questions on, on this recent article. So basically, I published this article titled uh, How to Find the 10X Winners in Crypto. So this is specifically catering to, you know, not the Bitcoin and Ethereum of the world, obviously, those you already know about them. But these are more like, uh, you know, small to medium cap projects that, you know, it will take some effort for you to do research and to make it a judgment on whether they are good investment candidates or not. So I wrote about this framework for like a five step process of how I do this. So basically, step one, you obviously look for projects that you scout projects and uh, find a list of names that that you think may be interesting, may be promising. And then step two, you you investigate into each project and then Step three, you look at, you, you compare the current traction and the fundamentals to how much the project is, how much the token is selling for, right? And step four, you um, kind of play the devil's advocate. And uh, if you think this is a promising project, it's a good project, then you try to ask tough questions, right? What can go wrong? What could be the risk factors? So that you know what to prepare for. And number five, you put all this information together and you make a judgment in terms of whether you're gonna buy this, how much you're gonna buy, and when when are you gonna buy. So all these, uh, it's a lot of decisions, basically. You know, investment is, is uh, the art of uh, decision-making. It's the art of, uh, you know, um, take what you think the world is going, take what you think the economy or the industry trend is going, and manifest that, express that as an investment decision in terms of where you allocate capital, right? So that's what investment is about, at least a you know fundamental style of investment. So obviously there's some uh, there, there you can you can say you can write a whole book about each of these steps. So but just to roughly go through, number one, how do you scout for projects? I think primarily two ways. Number one is a top-down approach, which is what I like. Meaning, you identify what are the upcoming trends, what are the next stage emerging, you know, seg segments of the of the crypto industry that is going to likely see, you know, bigger growth going forward. Like I have talked about so many times in previous articles or videos, I think three things for this year and and, and maybe beyond. Actually, it would be beyond our infrastructure, like, you know, in, in uh, multi-chain project, interoperability projects, and number two, you know, new L1 and L2 projects, and number three, crypto gaming, which is uh, the frontier of uh, end user adoption. So these are my high level themes. So my job is to take these themes and go look for projects that fit these themes. And that will be the first pass of, uh, of uh, you know, uh, where where you scout for projects. And there's also, you know, the bottom-up approach, 
a lot of times that that's what you know Reddit and Twitter and uh, a lot of times uh, these uh, you know Discord channels or uh, uh, Telegram channels are for because people show your show you their coins, right? So um, everybody wants to pump their coins. So a lot of times these information not useful, but at least when you hear a new name, and if if the pitch sounds interesting, you do some research about it, or you add it to your watch list uh, if it's of interest to you. And the other thing is that especially in market downturn, you sometimes think the entire market goes down, but there are some tokens that don't, right? So a lot of times there are, you know, nine out of 10, there, there is a story behind. The story is not always the investment story, right? The, the, a lot of time, most of the time, it's a short-term narrative story, or it's, um, uh, you know, some, some kind of uh, market uh, inefficiency because the, these uh, smaller medium, uh, you know, carp, uh, market cap coins, uh, liquidity is low. So any kind of irregular, you know, buying or selling can cause uh, large swings in price levels. But still, you know, when, when you see market goes down and uh, these, these tokens, they don't, or they even increase for some reason, it's, it's a good, like a, a first pass filter, at least a pique your interest to look into what's going on, right? So that's, that's step one. Step two, you gotta investigate. You gotta, this is the do your own research part, right? So what are you exactly doing research on? For me, it's five questions that you've got to answer. Number one, is the project solving any problem? How big the problem is, okay? Tiny problem does not make unicorns, okay? <laughs> so uh, it's, it's gotta solve a big problem and the urging, like a neck bleeding problem that people would actually pay money for. This is not just applied to infrastructure product. It, it, it actually, the problem solving, it applies to all the products, whether it's, you know, entertainment, luxury products, and things that you, you think are frivolous and, and non-essential. Non if you dig deeper, they are always solving a crucial problem, right? So this is startup 101, so you don't, need me to talk talk uh, talk to you about this so number one is is the project solving a big problem number two is 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 how much traction traction is it having right so where, where, which stage is the project is and number three what what is the token used for the token economics right the use cases of the token the distribution the um you know supply the schedule the emission schedule all that you know good stuff number four does the project have any moat? This is really, really interesting and really, really important because that's why I'm like really hesitant actually to invest in most of the DeFi projects. And actually I talked about this a lot before. It's because it's so hard to build a moat in DeFi. And the easiest way to, to build a moat is through network effect and economy of scale. Network effect is basically a special case of economy of, economy of scale, right? So, but, the typical case to achieve economy of scale is usually for, you know, you typically in those industries that has a huge fixed upfront cost in order to get production running, they, they, they have, they typically have large economy of scale because when you ramp up production, the cost only, only, only reduce because the fixed cost is already being, um, being taken, being taken on. And the more you produce, it's like each unit or you know, each uh, each uh, production expansion or growth is going to share it, uh, share some of that fixed cost. Um, so that that gives incumbent that has traction 
a huge advantage over a new entrance. So you see this uh, a good example in telecom, right? And also in banking. A telecom is probably a more um, interesting example because here you clearly you have a high fixed cost because you have to have a you know telecommunication network you know AT and T or uh, T Mobile they invest a lot into their infrastructure right to cover the nationwide network um, of. Uh, um, uh, it, it, so, so this is a type of industry that has huge fixed cost, but when 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 additional new users sign up for T-Mobile or for AT&T, if if I have a new phone plan or I I add another few, uh, phone plan or internet plan, it does it it adds a minimum cost to AT&T, right? So so that cost is declining. So there is a scale um, scale economy there. The bigger I am, basically, the better off I am, right? And at the same time, this is my advantage over the little guys who are just starting out because it's just so difficult to build out that telecommunication network while at the same time building a customer base, right? Because everybody wants to uh, go with the network that is the bigger network that has, you know, more coverage. So, so that's the example. The same fits for for crypto projects, right? So. Um, what would be a good example for crypto? Um, so I, I'll use the same example that I used in the article, which is the Octopus Network. So this is the kind of, it, there, is, there is a net network effect there. Why? Because the more, um, you know, the more uh, app chains this, uh, uh, the, the network deploys, it, it's going to, you know, uh, share the, uh, you know, verification uh, uh, validator cost of the proof of stake network, and also it's going to give more utility to the uh, network token, which is the OCT token, right? So, um, besides, there also more liquidity, um, you know, uh, among all these uh, uh, among all these app chains when when there are more app chains uh, compared to when there are just uh, you know one or two app chains. So, so in other words. The more app chains there are, the better off this network is. So there is a economy of scale there, which is one type of moat. But again, there are other types. So um, that's uh, something that you would need to look into specifically for each project. But um, and also you you want to obviously look at how much traction there is, and uh, you know if the team has has made progress in executing their roadmap. Uh, that that sort of thing, right? Uh, what's the quality of the team, and so on and so forth? Uh, that that is that is the basic level. I think you you can do research on, even if you're not very technical. Um, and then, obviously, after that, you want to look at uh, compare this project with other similar competitor projects. You know, in terms of valuations, right? You compare the the traction level. The, the 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 degree of problem it's solved the you know difficulty or the uh, significance of the problem it's solving um, to the uh, to 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 the valuation of the of uh, of the token at, at the present level and then you you know you you uh, combine all these things together you make a decision whether you want to invest uh, how much you're going to invest and uh, what what is the good timing for invest. So all these things don't have very clear answers. It's all a judgment call. Like I said, all the entire process of uh, 
investment and this style of investment, you know, fundamentals, primarily looking at fundamentals, is going to um, rely on a lot of judgment calls, and uh, uh, which is also uh, sometimes, you know, people just don't want to get into all this headache, which to me is, is, is a mistake, actually, because I, I think the process of uh, actually doing research uh, on these new projects, right? Doing research, actually think about, okay, what's the upside, what's the downside, what can go wrong, what can go right, okay? All those decisions, it, it's uh, it, you, you're essentially practicing your investment skills. You're essentially learning. Like, I'm, you know, you, you go through these, uh, you go through this process for a few projects, you actually learn a whole lot through this uh, whole thing, right? So I, I'm just a, thrilled that to be learning um, all day, every day, <laughs> but it's exhausting. It takes a lot of work, that's for sure. So that's also related to some of the questions that are coming up, and there are some common themes, okay, in these questions that I'm going to address. So number one question from Simcha asks, and he says, in the equities market, most of financial advisors, economists, and even Warren Buffett, recommend investors to just invest in low-cost index funds, okay? So basically some kind of uh, weighted average of portfolios that people, that these funds picked for you that, you know, just uh, uh, put money in there passively, right? So generally, so this person says, generally it is very difficult to pick stock winners that will beat the market over the long term, so why is crypto different? Why not invest in crypto index funds instead of picking and choosing coins? Okay. This, again, okay, first of all, none of this is investment advice, okay? Everybody's situation differs, everybody's risk tolerance differs, and uh, how much work you're willing to do also differs, okay? So if you don't, you, if you want to do zero work, if you don't want to think about any of this stuff, uh, I have nothing to tell you. <laughs> you know, you, um, yeah, sure, you invest in index funds. Okay, so um, that's that's what that's what people do. That's why they are popular because they're 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 easy. Okay? You can invest in a DeFi index fund, or you can NFT index funds, or GameFi in indexes. There there are many of those out there already. Even even though it's a it's a very new industry. Um, However, that's not something that I would do. Why? Because um, because it's it's just, it's just I'm not that type of person, right? I, I believe in my own judgment. I make many mistakes, but I learn from my mistakes and I get better. So if I just invest in some passive funds, I don't get any of those opportunities. Okay, that's that's number one. But that's actually the smaller part of the reason. The more like a bottom line related reason is uh, which is also one difference between crypto and the stock market or bond market is this is a very, very early stage market, okay? Um, things in the stock market, everything that has IPO'd, at least you, you gotta, you've got to have significant traction in order to, you know, to, to do a public offering in the public market, right? And crypto is totally not the case. It, this is the VC play, this traditionally a VC playground, right? This is tra traditionally the area for venture capital. It's very early stage investment. So, um, which means most of the projects are shit. 
most projects are not going to survive because 95% of startups fail. That's just the, the fact of life. So, so this is related to, you know, some, some people, they've, they've been in a crypto world for several years, but maybe they're not very familiar with the startup world. It's like they tell you, all the shit coins, all the altcoins go to zero, so don't invest in them. Well, guess what? Yeah, of course, 95% of, 95 of startups fail. Crypto startups, no different, okay? So of course, most, most, of, most of the coins go to zero, it, like specifically these very early stage, the so-called altcoins, right? But still, you cannot say they all go to zero because if you invested in Maker, if you invested in Aave, if you even invested in, you know, Axie Infinity, even though I'm not a big fan of Axie Infinity, but you know, uh, if you invested in those like three years ago, now you are, you, you, now you are doing way better than just holding Bitcoin or Ethereum. Okay. That, that, that markup, um, that, that increase, uh, you know, gross percentage is so much, so much higher than the bigger cap assets. So that's also why people do venture capital, right? If there is no gain to be made, if, if, if the fact is 95 startup fails, then there's no point for venture capital, right? But the point of being venture capital is there are the 5%, or maybe there are the 1%, or even 0.1% that go to the moon, that become unicorns, and that make up the losses of your other 95%. So that is the VC mentality, right? You invest in a hundred things, and most of them, you know, they're not going to uh, be stellar successes, even, even if you use your best judgment. That's just a fact of life. It's just a young thing, a startup project. There are so many things that can go wrong, right? Even if you nail all those five things I said, the traction, the team, the, the, you know, what problem it's solving, whether it has good token economics, whether it's got uh, a good execution, even if you nail all those things today, there are so many things that can go wrong tomorrow. So it's really, really, a, 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 the, the uncertainty level is very high. So it's, it's really nothing to be cynical about. It's just a, a matter of fact about this market. The only difference here about crypto and traditional startup is merely that in crypto, you have liquidity. Now, traditional VC, you have to hold the token, not the token, but you have to hold your shares for who knows how many years, five years, in order for a IPO to happen or for a sale, private sale to happen. So for you to get some liquidity to take profit out, right? In crypto, you have a token sale on day one. There is a AMM somewhere and then you have liquidity. You can trade tokens. You have liquidity from day one, okay? So that is the only difference between crypto startups and traditional startups. The success fail rate is probably about the same, but now you have liquidity in this very early stage market. That probably gives people the illusion that this is somehow, somehow this market is more mature or somehow there is, you know, a higher success rate in this market or that that's just plain not true. It's just the game has changed. This market has liquidity, but it does not, you know, in any, uh, in, in any shape or form, change the fact that this is extremely early stage investment and you've got to use your judgment, okay? 
So um, this is long-winded answer to this question, whether it's good to use an index fund. If you are a VC, are you going to say, okay, there are a thousand startups out there, I'm just going to you know, invest equally $5 in each project. Are you going to do that? <laughs> I don't think so. You still do your, you still spend a lot of time, do your due diligence, try your best to pick the winners, even if you know that most of them are not going to work out. Okay. But still your due diligence helps, especially in this early stage market, because nobody else doing the due diligence for you. So, um, so, 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 so that's a, that's a reason number two, why I, I would not, uh, why I personally am not interested in like index fund for, for, for crypto. But again, you do you, you have your different risk tolerance and your different lifestyle choices and that's none of my business. Okay. So, um, and also the third thing is, uh, there's really a retail advantage that in crypto that you do not have in the public market, which is that you can front run the larger funds, the VCs and the uh, larger institutional investors in crypto. So this is specifically, particularly true for those, I would say, not like a early, early at the very beginning stage, like nothing has no, like with zero traction, unless you get a free airdrop, then, you know, that's cost you nothing. That That's a totally different question. But just in this twilight zone, <laughs> between the project has got traction and it's solving a significant problem and it's doing well or it's starting to do well and the stage when it's gotten big enough to get institutional liquidity. This is the, this twilight zone is the, the competitive advantage of retail investors. So I would say like between the market cap of like a 50 million to, to $2 billion market cap, given today's valuations, okay? I, I'm not saying that valuation is gonna stay, but just given today's valuations, that, that's what I think is, is the range of, uh, is, is the range of, uh, you know, advantageous for retail. Because, you know, if you discover some of those projects that, that are starting to do well, but are still small, and you make the right bet, and they continue to grow until they attract institutional money, that is really a 10 bagger or a hundred X bagger for you. Okay. So again, these are high risk investments. I'm not saying you go all in on these, right? I specifically said in the article, you do your risk control. Obviously how much you put into these projects depends on your conviction level, but I would say in general, one to 5% of the portfolio, right? Because these are essentially moonshots. Right. But if you, if, if you lose that 1%, it's you, you're, you're not going to be like extremely devastated or anything. Right. So, um, but, but the upside is huge. This is like asymmetrical risk. So I don't see why not if it's, if it's projects that you have high conviction on. So, um, you do your risk control, you do your own due diligence and you, um, you, you continue to educate yourself and improve your process. And I'm sure something good will come out of it. Uh, but again, this is, this is just a, the, the way I will approach it and other people, you know, you, you have your own different situations and you, you obviously do your own thing. So that's question number one, question number two from Arthur, Arthur. Okay. He says, 
how, how do you reconcile your um, your framework? So the what I talked about in the article. How do you reconcile this with Punk 6529's advice to survive? Okay, so um, just a bit of background. I think this person that he mentioned is kind of a pseudonym person, but basically he's an OG in the crypto space. And he wrote this thread a while ago about uh, how to do crypto as a normal person, okay? Um, <laughs> I don't know what normal person means. I, I haven't seen a single normal person in my whole life. Everybody is different, but in any case. So um, so basically, uh, this this um, also very, very smart and, and wise person is saying, uh, for a normal person, you probably better off just buy, buy BTC and ETH because those are more proven project, obviously. They're, more probably more sure bets and uh, you know you as normal person you you don't know much about uh, crypto so why not just stick to those projects and also their larger caps so in downturn probably lower pro uh, lower volatility as well and uh, much bigger chance to survive compared to the so-called altcoins which we already discussed are early stage investments and higher risk okay and higher failure rate. So, uh, how do I reconcile with this? I don't. I don't. I don't find a need to reconcile with this because um, it's it's essentially the same question that I just answered. Okay, do you invest in just a large cap um, uh, blockchain and Ethereum? Do you invest in you know uh, token index uh, that that has a wide basket of all everything in the industry? Uh, or 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 do you do your own due diligence and 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 pick your own projects? These two, by the way, they're not mutually exclusive, right? Because, like I said, because you 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 try, you will want to do good risk control for smaller projects that has a asymmetric upside, but also are very risky, right? So you want to control the best size to be relatively contained, so that if you there is a if the thing goes to zero, you will not be completely devastated or in a financially uncomfortable situation. And you can still invest in BTC and ETH, and I'm not saying you don't invest in those, okay? I'm just saying the smaller caps is where the retail advantage really is, and that's the those ones likely give you more asymmetric upside, okay? So, and also, so, so those, those parts I already answered. And, and, and the other thing is I really take issue. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I have to go back to this, this, this thing about normal person. Um, I, so, so this advice, advice for a normal person. Um, I, I, I understand that that is the most, most of the times like the investment gurus would tell you know, normal person, quote unquote, normal people to just invest in index funds and large caps because obviously you don't know better, you're not an expert. But I think this really boils down to, uh, sorry for going a little bit philosophical, but it's seriously a fundamental difference in how you look at human potential, okay? Uh, I don't see people as normal people. I don't see anybody as normal people. Um, 
I, I, I do not underestimate people and I believe all my, at least most of my readers are extremely intelligent. I mean, I did surveys on this. 95% of my readers have college degrees and 45% have graduate degrees, okay? So if you're watching this, I assume you have a good head on your shoulder. And if you actually try to learn about investments, about crypto projects, and you actually invest in your skills, something good will come out of it. That's my baseline assumption, okay? I do not take people as normal people. Um, so, 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 so that's why, you know, I, I, I think if you, if, if this is, if, if you're interested in crypto, if you're interested in Web3, if you think this is the future, there's no reason to be lazy and not to do research about this and to invest into, and to look into projects, into, you know, to refine your investment thesis, that process in itself, it's extremely educational. And you learn so much, right? And all of this, you you cannot gain by just following some hot tips from some gurus, or just uh, put your money in BTC or some index fund. Okay, so there there, there is this additional layer of uh, you know it's a, it's a it's both a investment in your financial future. It's also an investment in your human capital. Um. And uh, I believe in the future, all of us are going to become investors. And that's going to be our part of our day job for all of us. Um, if you read my most recent articles, which I'll probably talk about in next time. So I believe this is very worthwhile investment. And this is not rocket science. And so Warren Buffett would not invest in index funds himself. He tell other normal people to do it, right? He would not do it himself. He himself is a stock picker. He himself is a capital allocator, right? Why can you not do what he does? <laughs> so I know you're saying, okay, this is unrealistic, Tasha. I'm not Warren Buffett. You're not Warren Buffett. So again, uh, I think, I truly believe this is all a learning process. And this is a fundamental difference in terms of how you look at human potential. And this is always how I look at it. I mean, for better or worse, uh, you know I'm Asian, right? So in, in case you don't know, in case it's not obvious, I'm Asian. So I had tiger parents growing up and my parents are very, very demanding like a lot of Asian parents. Whenever I complain about, you know, something too difficult, uh, something is impossible, my dad's comeback is always, has someone else done it? If someone else has done this successfully, if someone else has made it, there's no reason that it's impossible. That means it's possible. And there's no reason you cannot do it. It's not like you're dumber than those someone else. It's not like you're missing a leg or an arm compared to someone else. So possible, <laughs> okay? It's possible to figure out. So, um, so, so, so uh, all this uh, uh, digression is to say, I think it's a, it's, it's a, it's a worthwhile st skill to learn. And it's something that when you look, at, look back in the future, you, 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 will f you will be very glad that you actually put in the time to learn about this new industry and to, and to learn to refine 
uh, your investment process and to learn to make better judgments. Because all of this is about making better judgments. And you do not learn, you do not learn about, you do not like improve your decision-making ability by just letting other people making decisions for you. Okay, that's not just not gonna happen. You learn about decision-making by actually put something on the line. So for to, to actually make decision that has some consequences, okay? But obviously with good risk control. So um, next question from Michael. What do you think about Arbitrum or Optimism if they come out with tokens? So those are like Ethereum L2s, all right? So if you listen to my previous um, uh, videos, you know how I, how I see L2s. I see them with no material difference from alternative L1s. I know technicals, technically they're different, but in terms of like economics, in terms of like investment prospects, I do not see them as a totally different category. At the end of the day, all it boils down to is whether this chain, whether it's L1, L2, L3, L what. At the end of the day, it all boils down to whether it's got traction or not. It, it's all boils down to how many people use it, is it growing, whether there are interesting and useful apps being built on top. So um, there are some interesting projects on Arbitron, like Magic, for example, Magic Treasure, which I invested in, um, and some other, you know, uh, like a crypto, like some gaming projects, um, a lot of those are coming up. So I, I think there, there are some good projects in, in, in those uh, chains already, and obviously they're growing. So if they come up with tokens, uh, I, I would, at least I would, I would take a look. I, I, I would look into it, right? But again, the, the same thing, you, you want to look at, is there a moat? Um, that, 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 is, that is the important thing. Uh, you know, how much traction there is, is there a moat? Um, how, how well the team is executing and how expensive the valuation is compared to, you know, competitors and, you know, the, the stage of, uh, of the project and so on and so forth. The same criteria applies. And also there are actually, uh, well, those, those two particular ones, they don't have tokens, but there are Ethereum L2s that already have token. For example, for example, Metis, okay, which has, uh, which has done really well recently. Again, not investment advice, okay? but you can look into it, which is a new L2 that is a opti uh, you know optimistic roll up on 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 uh, Ethereum, um, which does have a token and is growing very fast. <laughs> that's all I want. That's what I'm gonna say about this, okay? But you 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 go do your own research. Um, okay. So the next question from must try harder. <laughs> He says, this sounds like a lot of work. Be easier for me if you could just tweet a few uh, token tags and then uh, add not investment advice. Thanks in advance. <laughs> it's so uh, ironical that this person's username is must try harder. And then he's telling me he doesn't want to try harder. <laughs> Okay, so um, I, I <laughs> that's that's too funny. But really, it's the same thing as I just uh, repeated so many times. Uh, from my point of view, it pays to not take the easy route on life. 
even even if in short term it, it if it's more difficult, even if in short term it's more work, even if you're like, oh, I have a full time job, I have three kids, I have all these other things I need to do. Where where do I find time for, uh, the, the, you know, crypto research? Yeah, I understand. <laughs> but if you want this, if you want this enough, you will find a way. Um, it, it's all about you know we we allocate time according to our priorities, right? So um, if you don't want to do the work, and yeah, yeah, of course, just you know, take 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 tips from from other people. Uh, I'm not saying that doesn't work. That totally would work, right? There are people who have paid services that gives you tips and uh, show you like technical charts and everything. And um, so so everybody's uh, everybody's approach is different. And uh, who am I to judge, right? Okay. Oh, by the way, this is also related to some. Uh, this is not in my question list, but I remember seeing seeing actually quite a few of those asking me um, those questions like, like on Twitter, people asking me. It was like after this recent market downturn, right? So, but we it's really like this month. Uh, that we had some significant drawdowns, and 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 people were asking me, uh, are you still bullish on like X Y Z token? So so, I I talked about, you know, some tokens, or some projects that I invested in, either in on Twitter or in my previous videos, right? And and then people asked me, are you still bullish on these, or what do you think of these? Any update on these? Um, so I just find this uh, really uh, interesting <laughs> because it's like it's really you know you gotta realize these are actual companies, okay? Well, they're they're not most of them not structured like traditional companies, but they are actual projects with people behind the day to day working on those, okay? And progress like uh, in startup. It's really hard to to actually get traction as a startup, and you 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 work very hard every day, but the result of your labor may not show in like two, three, or even five years. Okay, so it's just so interesting that I mentioned some token for the first time, and then two three weeks later, someone you know pinned me and asked me. Are you still bullish on X, Y, Z? So I I don't know what to say. It's like if I if I open a restaurant, <laughs> right? I I I open a restaurant. I hire the chefs. I I I I bought. I renovate the you know the 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 venue, and I bought the tables and chairs and uh, uh, I don't know dishwashers, and I'm doing all this work and I'm working my butts off and I have some investors. And then if they come in at every day, then I ask me, "Oh, what's the progress today? Are you still bullish about this restaurant?" And I don't know what to tell you because today is not that much different from yesterday. You know, we are making progress, yes, but it's very slow progress because this is actually a real restaurant. It's not built just in digits on the piece of paper or on a computer screen, though it does feel that way when you just look at. Look in your like, uh, uh, you know, token market cap or or Coin Gecko app. It just number goes up and down. It feels like just a video game, right? 
but it's not. It's like these are like real projects, real companies. Things don't change that fast, okay? <laughs> Things don't even change that fast in six months or in a, in a year. So I just don't know what to tell you. You ask me, like I I mentioned something a project to you, and three weeks later you ask me again, do you have any update? Or has your opinion changed? How can my opinion be changed so fast? <laughs> so、uh, so yeah, unless you're reading charts, unless you're just trader, short-term trader, you're going in and out, and you just like basically you're just following market sentiment, and and that that is a totally different, totally different uh, uh, scenario and totally different approach. Okay. So、uh, next question.、Uh, Christian S, how 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 do you think about exiting, taking profits? Do you stick to targets or do you play it by ear?、Uh, okay, so、um, several things here.、Um, if I invest in something, I have a target. Okay, the target based on I I, I think what what the next milestone for the project would be. Okay, so with my very short sighted human human vision, how far I can see. So what what would be the How big this project can grow? Okay, so if that target is reached, then I, you know, I I reevaluate whether I want to get out or I want to stay put because now the fundamentals has improved and maybe I see a bigger upside ahead. So that's scenario number one. Okay, scenario number number two. This is no matter whether it's it's regardless of whether my target is hit or not is. Whether I find a another investment opportunity that I think is better that has a bigger upside, okay, that 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 is the so-called rotation trade. So the rotation trade, you 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 can think of it, there are two kinds of rotation trade. You can rotate because there are short-term narrative changes, and I do do that to to some extent. But the more important rotation is that you got you have limited resources. And you you cannot invest in ten thousand different things, right? So you've got to allocate. There's an opportunity cost to your capital. So if you invest in something, that means you cannot invest in something else. So if I invest in project A, and a while later project B comes along, and if I think that one is better,、uh, fundamental, and、uh, also it's a better timing. It's of course you 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 synthesize all these things together, right? And、uh, and 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 if I'm already made gains on 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 this other project, initial project, then I may I may rotate, right? Because I I just cannot invest in so many different things at the same time.、Um, so that's scenario number two. Scenario number three, this is related to macro, right? The entire market timing. So sometimes, like right now. We're getting, we're getting there. It's like market is volatile, right? So you may want to de-risk. Like,、uh, I, you know, I have de-risked to some extent. I, I know a lot of people that de-risked a lot more. So,、um, so, so that's that's the other situation. It's like if you if if your market outlook, like,、uh, drastically changed. It's but it's not like you're you 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 try to get you try to escape the market. It's just a、uh, you know. You know that、uh, in the future time there may be a better entry point because the 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 immediate maybe the short to medium term market outlook is down. So um so those are different scenarios. So um three different scenarios I just talked about, right? So I, that's how I think about 
this exiting, taking profit, and so on and so forth. Um, I hope that's at least uh, some reference value value to you. Okay. So um, uh, then, lastly, okay, we're running out of time. I want to talk about like briefly this um, um, Fed meeting last Wednesday. So uh, we had a FOMC meeting of January, and then uh, Fed came out saying, uh, "Yeah, this, I mean, the the broad theme is still the same as before. Uh, they're going to tighten. They're going to raise rate. They're going to start tapering, so on and so forth, because inflation is high, because the economy is hot, right?" So you've all heard those before. Uh, the only thing new <laughs> is that, the, the, at least to me, okay, I don't know about you, what, what your expectations were, but uh, it, it's, it came out somewhat more hawkish than I expected. Because last time in December, they said they're going to taper, yes. Uh, they're going to raise, raise, raise rate. Yes, but they didn't say when, right? They're going to say, yeah, soon, yeah, when the opportunity comes up, when it's appropriate. Uh, the typical Fed speak, right? So, but last week they came out saying um, they're going to start, uh, they're going to stop asset purchases in early March. So that, that is a very specific timeline that they didn't have before. And in fact, to be honest, that timeline is sort of earlier than what I imagined, I thought they'd probably start in Q2, like early Q2. They will start, they will stop like asset purchases, meaning like a balance sheet going flat, right? So it's sort of, I would say a month early than what I had expected. Now, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I'm representative of, of the entire market, <laughs> okay? But given the market response, immediately after <laughs> the meeting. <laughs> I think it probably has something to it, right? So it is indeed a little bit more hawkish than, and a little bit uh, faster speed than what market has expected. So um, they're gonna raise rate, so starting March, and then, um, and then stop asset purchases in early March. So we talked about earlier in, I think in the last video, right? So, uh, you know, these uh, balance sheet expansion is heroin for, for risk assets. So that being take away, is gonna take this uh, addict a while to adjust. Um, so my basic outlook is not changed. Basically, I still expect higher volatility in the short term, but overall market going sideways. Um, I still see, you know, a possibility that a strong alts will outperform in even in this market because, you know, BTC dominance is still very high, and the market is definitely not lacking liquidity. So that's my that's that's my that's where I'm coming from. Okay, why why I'd say I I think there there is a possibility that you see a another run of the, you know, strong altcoins um, as, as kind of the final manifestation of the speculative cycle. Uh, obviously, those are like far deviating from fundamentals. So, but, um, but you can also argue, well, if, if we are in a risk-off environment, at least starting, then maybe it's less of a possibility that alts will perform, right? So that's the other side. 
So, but still, I I think there is a possibility that the strong alts will outperform. We'll have another, you know, small cycle of outperforming um, in 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 the near term, in the next six months, I would say. Um, but I expect after the balance sheet reduction starts, we're we're going bear. <laughs> it's like the full the real bear market starts after the balance sheet. Um, uh, reduction starts, um, which maybe in in maybe after. Uh, okay, the, so what the Fed says is, uh, balance sheet reduction will start once they start raising rates. Okay, uh, one once that rate hike train is is uh, on its way. Uh, they did not give a specific timeline, but you know. If you think, think about it, okay. If you start raising rates in in March, uh, you 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 can you can and and also, given that the Fed is, in some sort of a hurry, because they are sort of like, uh, reacting already, uh, to the inflation, and the business cycle. Uh, situation. They they try to act relatively fast, so maybe sometime in Q two or Q three, so the balance sheet reduction starts. So then after that, you know, it would take market a while to adjust. Um, uh, then you know, I I I think last couple of times it probably take the stock market a year to adjust to like uh. A drastic change of direction of 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 Fed balance sheet. Now there are a lot of hopiums out there. Whenever I post something that says, "Oh, Fed is going to raise rate," there are some bearish factors. There are always people telling me, "Oh, Fed is not going to raise. They're not able to raise because the debt level is so high. Because they have to pump, they have to start uh, support the stock market, so on and so forth." They may have a you know, limited, uh, um, you know, uh, ability to raise compared to in normal situations when we don't have this,、uh, you know, over dominance of monetary policy. But that doesn't mean they're gonna not gonna do it because this is the duty of the central bank to, to to have countercyclical policies, and they're already late.、Um, so they're definitely trying to, do, they're definitely going to try to do it. And however, many adjustment. The elasticity or the sensitivity of the risk asset response to even a mini adjustment of Fed balance sheet is going to be pretty significant, I think,、um, given how how much how reliant market has come to,、um, you know, relying on 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 the on the Fed as, as the liquidity provider. So.、Um, So yeah, so 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 I think we 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 just we need to be more realistic about this. Okay, so、um, that's、uh, that's all I want to say for today. I will talk to you.、Uh, I don't know, not next week.、Um, next couple of weeks, I'm pretty busy, but I will try to make 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 a video,、um, maybe in the next couple of weeks. Okay,、uh, talk to you later. Bye.